there was quite a story, huh? So here we see the master a little bit less forgiving than he may say that we should be. Now let us break that down a little bit and see what it actually means. I wonder if anyone here can relate to the following scenario. You're talking with someone and suddenly he or she says something hurtful. It makes you feel sad or angry, but you think, oh, maybe I should not take offense at this. Maybe it was a slip of the tongue. And by the way, didn't Jesus himself say that we should forgive? So you let it go. You go on with the relationship. And then it happens again. You're actually still not sure whether the hurt was intended. And you start thinking. All kinds of dialogues start playing inside your head. Maybe you give a subtle warning. So this is not what I like in our relationship. And then it happens a third time. Now what happens then depends very much on the nature of your character and the level of your hurt. The third time. If you would lash out at that third strike, you would be very much following the rules of the rabbis in Jesus' time. Only take revenge the third time that you are offended. And that was to curb the effects of the sometimes heated Middle Eastern temperament. Well, the Nordic temperament can also be <laughs> quite unforgiving. But for Jesus, it was not enough. He said, no, three times not seven times, 77 times. And maybe you remember, hey, I heard 70 times seven sometimes. That's a different translation of the same verse. It's the Septuagint who says 70 times seven, 490 times or 77 really doesn't matter very much because try, try to forgive 40, 77 times. Try to do that. That will sound like an eternity. It will feel like an eternity for you, like 490. That, that, that those numbers are both ridiculous. <laughs> so, but what Jesus basically is saying by those numbers is say, stop counting. Stop counting and forgive. Now we all know that's not the way we do things in this world. If I would have an issue with an employee and call HR downtown, they would say, document, write down the time, what happened, the person, and if it happens again, document again, right? That's what we do. And when it comes to a lawsuit, you have all your ducks in a row and that's a totally different attitude 
that what Jesus is talking about. That attitude of Jesus is so beautifully described in the first reading that we just heard. Right at the beginning, the first lines, wrath and anger are hateful things. Yet the sinner hugs them tight. That's what is asked. Not hug your anger, not hug your resentment. Hug the Lord, because he will help you to forgive. So if you comb through the tweets of someone that you don't like very much and find a silly post of him or her from 15 years ago, and you retweet it today, just to, to damage the reputation a little bit, what does Chirac call you? Indeed, a sinner. That's a sin. A sinner who hugs wrath, who hugs anger. And why is God so unforgiving against this? First, reputation damage is about one step on the level of killing someone. There's a direct line to that. And he knows what kind of person we become when we hug wrath and anger. He created us for something better, for love. Not to be a pushover, but, but to love. And those things are completely different. You all know that. I don't have to explain that. So for God, who is forgiveness, how can he tolerate in his neighborhood unforgiveness that just doesn't exist for him? There is a barrier between God and the one who refuses to use God's love for himself to forgive. Now, 490 times or 77, if you don't stop counting, Jesus says, you separate yourself from the power of love that is in me for you. Now, those absurd numbers are only an approximation of the power of love that is in Jesus. And that is what catechesis is all about. Placing Jesus in the middle of the children we teach. Not only in religion class, Jesus is present in any subject. In science, social studies, in math, in languages, art, music, and sports. What about the immaculate beauty of an algebraic equation? Where did that come from, that beauty? The wisdom that is revealed through poetry, where is that coming from? Or the order of the elements in the periodic system, God's creation, so orderly, so beautiful, and every little element has a purpose, gives us the opportunity to invent machines and to invent computers that can help us with so many things that 
makes us, uh, gives us a hard time. So if you miss out all that, all that beauty, if you simply keep counting the words, the wrongs of others and praises the scores of yourself, you miss out all that beauty, the beauty of creation, the love of God. And to understand this even better, we should recount for ourselves, let's do it right now, recount the moments that we ourselves had a broken relationship and it got healed. How did that happen? I assure you, nine of the ten times it is when we suddenly see the bigger picture of everything. Maybe when a child is born, we know what we live for. Or we realize what true happiness is all about when we find ourselves with a bad diagnosis from a doctor. And sometimes we need even the death of a loved one to realize what we live for, what is actually important, what is so far more important than holding on to our grudges. As I said earlier, the internet does not forget. I looked up the previous versions of our school's website. There is a cache that you can, even, even websites that are deleted, they're still there. You can look them up. And I looked at the mission statements of the school. And I found several of them over the years. They changed, reflecting the changing of times. And in some years, they got very wordy, almost wanting to cover about every good that one could want to commit themselves to. And I could almost imagine the long faculty meetings where they try to reflect everyone's values and negotiate such a mission statement. Yeah, it should be this and this and this. No, no, not that. So that can take, that take months before you agree on that. But among all those honorable statements, I found one that was as short as it was beautiful. It said, our mission is to educate children in the way, the truth, and the life. I say it again. Our mission is to educate children in the way, the truth, and the life. I believe that sums up about everything without even mentioning Jesus or God. The way of forgiveness, the truth of God's endless love, and the fullness of life that is promised to us now and for the end of time. I would say, brothers and sisters, today, September the 17th, also the day that our Constitution was signed, after 100 years of St. Mark, that could be a motto for each and every one of us, catechist or not.